So this morning I'd like to do a guided meditation that in some ways I think of it as taking off the training wheels because we've been gathering and sustaining, connecting to our bodies and our breath and different sounds, moods, etc. and and bringing our our focus gathering it, narrowing it in a way. And all this is in service of, of enhancing our capacity to be aware. And through that process, paradoxically, as we, our mind becomes less reactive and we do notice things moment to moment, we start to begin to have access to and sense the a natural spaciousness, openness. In fact, there's one teacher who says the whole purpose of meditation is to reawaken in us the sky-like nature of our mind and help us rediscover that which we are, this, this deep inner silence and spaciousness that underlies the whole of life and death. And in the silence of our practice, we return to that inner nature which we've so long ago lost sight of it amid the busyness and distraction of our minds. So this practice points much toward, more toward that openness. And so you can actually leave the breath as your primary anchor. And instead this morning, I want you to first find a, a comfortable posture, one you can luxuriate in if there is one at this point. And my, my own way of finding a comfortable posture is I let myself shift from side to side or front to back till I find that center point where it's most effortless to sit. Where I can just let my body go, let it, be, let it melt like a block of ice that's been left out in the sun. Let go, let be, as is. And then as your eyes close softly, imagining or sensing or feeling your mind or awareness to be like a clear, empty sky without any limits. free, natural, uncaused, just aware. If I asked you to stop being aware, you would see that this awareness is just available and present. So sense that sky-like openness and begin by being aware of the different sounds that are heard. The sounds in the room, the distant sounds, 
sound of my voice, the sound of silence. the sounds, loud and soft, arise and vanish without naming them or judging them, simply hearing. Sounds come and go. Awareness is like space. The sounds arise in that space and they pass away. Make no effort to hear the sounds. Let the sounds arise and let listening happen by itself.
being lucidly aware, resting in that sky-like nature of awareness. Becoming aware of physical sensations like points of feeling, stars flickering in an evening sky. in our immediate and direct perception. There is no head, no shoulders, no arms or legs, front or back. Just points of sensation flickering like stars in the sky. making no impact on that welcoming, clear, sky-like nature of the mind. Sounds and sensations. There's no inside, no outside. Simply these appearances arising, floating freely, unimpeded in the sky like nature of awareness. Awareness, perfectly still. Allowing the sounds and sensations to appear and disappear in the open stillness of mind.
head, no neck, no shoulders, no arms or legs. Just points of sensation flickering like stars in that limitless sky-like nature of the mind. Keep perfectly still. Not the slightest movement toward or away from any experience. The heart, mind, essence is motionless. Free sky-like nature of the mind. Be aware of thoughts and images and emotions. Like clouds drifting through an empty sky. The thoughts and feelings have no roots, no home. Sometimes described as like a footprint of a bird in openness or emptiness. Peering, moving through like weather, within this vast, immovable, but impartial and welcoming sky-like nature of awareness. Be aware.
Let the awareness be soft, steady, perfectly still. No reaching for or pushing away any experience. Allowing the sounds sensations, thoughts, images, and emotions to rise and fade by themselves. In the natural spaciousness of mind, There is no inside, no outside, only sounds, sensations, emotions and thoughts. Appearing and disappearing, making no impact on the vast panoramic sky-like nature of the mind. Look within the nature of the mind. It's clear, invisible, like open space. Look within your own mind. Clear, Empty, not made of anything, shining, including all experience, but not limited by it. Look within the nature of the mind.
in our immediate and direct perception. There's no solid body, no head, no shoulders, no arms, legs, front or back. Just points of feeling, sensation flickering. like stars in an evening sky. No inside, no outside. Remaining still. Be the stillness. Be the nature of the mind, clear, open, welcoming, rest in the sky-like nature of the mind. Rest in this natural, great peace. It is home. It is deathless, unconditioned. free, welcoming. Rest in the sky-like nature of awareness. Be free.
rest in the sky-like nature of the mind. It's home. It's natural. It's welcoming. It's free. It's intelligent. The next gong will mark the end of the sitting. So initially on a a retreat such as this, we don't, and because of the the scatteredness of our daily lives, if I invited you just to rest in the sky-like nature of the mind at the beginning of the retreat, you'd spend all day daydreaming, which you did anyway. (laughs) But once you've, paradoxically, once you've gathered to this single point of being right here, the the definition of, I talked about one-pointed last night, the deeper definition of that one point is the one point that includes everything. We begin to naturally begin to sense that there's no, that the, that the sense of self and other inside and outside is, is in some ways uh, perception. It's, it's artificial. It's conventionally true, but in the most immediate sense, it's hard to find that dividing line between us. So we begin to sense that in our practice. And then we use metaphors like the sky-like nature of the mind. But just to remind you that the mind is not the sky. Awareness is not the sky. So I often think the sky is not the sky. (laughs) Um, But awareness is sky-like and it's what we call the sky, this vast openness. But it is also... Um, it is also so rich. It is rich with all the qualities that express themselves more um, freely when we are open. The, The qualities of clarity, qualities of responsiveness, of compassion, of joy, of all the, of intelligence. And it seems as though the more we get bound up in our preoccupations, the less those qualities flow in our hearts. So the more we can relax, let ourselves be, let go into this natural openness, that all the wholesome human qualities just shine forth. Now even though they, all these qualities are innate in us, we use many of these skillful means, these practices, to, uh, to remind us. As our friend Surya Das says, we all, 
We are all Buddhas. We all have Buddha nature. We're all Buddhaful. <laughs> but we're, but we're, um, we're not necessarily always awakened Buddhas. We're sleeping Buddhas. And so we use these skillful means. We, as he calls it, schlep up from below so that we, so that we can sense, begin to sense that view from ab- above and beyond. So feel free to use that metaphor as you move through the day, but you could use any kind of metaphor. There's, in the Buddha's teachings, in the different traditions, there are different metaphors used other than the sky, pervasive like the earth and, and unshakable like a mountain, which James included, shining like a flame, lucid like a crystal. And in the Advaita Vedanta tradition, uh, they use often the metaphor of the, of the great ocean. I'll read you a little passage. I am the boundless ocean. This way and that, the world blowing where it will drives the ship of the world. The wind blowing where it will drives the ship of the world. But I'm not shaken. I'm the unbounded deep in whom the waves of all the worlds naturally rise and fall. But I do not rise and fall. I am the infinite deep in whom all the worlds appear to rise beyond all form, forever still, even so am I. I am not in the world, the world is not in me, I am pure, I am unbounded, free from attachment, free from desire, still, even so am I. Oh, how wonderful, I am awareness itself. The world is a magic show. But in me there is nothing to embrace, nothing to turn away. I am the boundless ocean. So whatever works for you, it's all language. And we, we want to also step beyond the words. Step beyond the words of awareness, beyond the words of sky, beyond the words of ocean, mountain, and just be that. And you'll see that we're, we're really quite clear, naturally. So any questions this morning about your practice? Anything you're noticing up to this point? Anything that's been said up to this point? Please. <laughs> Applying metta in the, did you say? It's a, kind of freaky just to all that time and not pay attention to really what you're doing. Just automatically. But today, it was every breath, you could, I could feel the different things, you know, that, and see the colors. And then you, I went and see the dining hall, and it's almost overwhelming. So your senses were wide open and everything is registering so much more vividly and acutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. You're alive, you're awake. It's your natural state. But it's not always so intense, just to let you know. Sometimes it is. Please. Yeah, I just feel really great. 
You feel really great. Great, thank you. Um, I feel like my oh, from this guided meditation, my awareness keeps expanding, um, like into the sky and into the cosmos. And as I was sitting here, I had to take a break from meditating because I just was laughing so hard and like it was hard to hold it back. And it's a really nice feeling. Beautiful. Yeah, when the heart opens, we laugh or cry, one of the two. <laughs> That's gorgeous, gorgeous. You remind me that when we, you know, when you do go outside today, you know, typically we see the, the scenery as outside of ourselves and, and the sky is outside and we're little me looking at that and that's a conventional truth. But see if you can experience all of that as just part of the space of your mind and, and enjoy that, that. And everyone here is, you know, you're in my mind and I'm in your mind, and you may wonder how certain people got into your mind, but they, there they are. <laughs> so, and try, so enjoy that. And if, it, if it makes you cry or laugh, beautiful. Um, I, I was wondering, I, I um, experienced, I think it was yesterday after... Right here, next here. Hello? Okay. Um, I, I was wondering about transitioning, you know, settling into the body and and um, how the process of doing that from you know going around in, in your life and then just sitting sitting and I what I found um, what I experienced here was that after the movement class yesterday where there was this very for me unusual you know just freedom in, in my body that that in and, and the, the release of that and then when I sat I was it was so much easier for me, and it was a, a very different experience. It was easier. It was I felt more settled compared to the the discomfort I was having before. And I was wondering um, if anything has been written about that, and also about Buddha when you were talking about when he had that period of asceticism, and he felt that that didn't feel right to have that kind of pain put on your body and that that wasn't the solution. I was wondering if there's anything about... Well, there's, that's a huge part of the story and why this path that we practice is called the middle path that, um, that is in the middle between excessive asceticism or excessive um, pain and renunciation and excessive indulgence. So in the middle, we see the proper and the wise place to enjoy the, the, the pleasures of the senses, how they gladden our hearts and how they, they um, freshen our senses. And yet we see the, the danger of become, having that be our total devotion. And we also see the dangers of, 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 um, of denying ourselves um, and to starving ourselves or harming ourselves. So when we say work with the physical discomfort, we, want, uh, we know that it's inevitable in our life. And so we want to be able to experience it with some degree of balance and openness, but it's not meant to be a torture test. And so we both, we meet it and learn from it and learn to find balance with it, but then we also respond lovingly and wisely and say, you know, sometimes it's time to move, if we can. So... It's a, it's a middle place. 
course. Also, I do want to offer, as has been said many times, that mindfulness of the body is one of the foundations of Buddhist practice. And that includes mindfulness of the body in activity. And the body longs for activity. One of my favorite images is, it's like a dog. You need to play with the dog. Now, I'm not trying to distance oneself from the body, but truly, the body needs to move. And when it's given the opportunity to move and mindfully settle in, then it's easier to find that place. And that's precisely why we, ba- we try to balance movement and stillness. And if we were just still, we would tend to have that imbalance of energy and tranquility. We'd have a lot of tranquility, but not, we'd just sinking mind, wailing wall in Jerusalem. The other thing that, you know, that Evelyn reminded me of, there's a, in the, in the uh, numbered suttas of the Buddha, he said, if there's one thing, oh monks, and you're all monks for the sake, and nuns for the sake of this conversation, he says, there's one thing that leads to a calm abiding, a focus, a, a um, liberation of the heart and mind, uh, the abandoning of the taints and the defilements. What is that one thing? It's kind of a bold statement. It's mindfulness directed to the body. So the body is calm, the mind is calm. The, the tendency to topple forward is given up. And we wake up. So so anything you can do in the service of being able to put your mind in your body, great. And I think it was Ajahn Chah who said, never let your mind leave your body. Isn't that right? Isn't that? Oh, Ajahn Buddhadasa. Any other comments, questions? Please. Um, I had a very steady practice since 2007 of meditation. You ha- uh, we're not hearing Can you, you hear me? That's oh, yeah, this is loud. <laughs> okay. So I had a steady practice since 2007 to sit down and meditate. And then came this point where, you know, when I'm sitting down to meditate, all I'm seeing is the past or the movies or contemplation of the dialogues that I will have in future. And I'm like sick and tired of watching all those things, maybe new movies, new older movies, <laughs> and scenes, 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 scenes. And I'm wondering, like till now, I've not experienced that calmness or clarity. When I sit down, all I'm seeing is this. There's so much of stuff, and does it ever clear up? Like you said, it's thinking. Yes, it's thinking, but I don't, it's not refreshing. Yes, fair enough, fair enough. There are times when, it's, when it's, the thinking is not refreshing and it's very uh, disturbing and pinging. Mm-hmm. However, it, at least I'd, I'd invite you to experiment with the idea that, that the thinking is problematic because you're bothered by it. <laughs> 
And so we work as much with our reaction to the thinking as we do with the thinking itself. And it seems that over time for many, if you're not bothered by the thoughts, then they begin to show that they are discontinuous, that there are spaces. But to the degree that you're bothered by your thinking or averse to your thinking, they, the thoughts keep tormenting you. So we want to, once you notice that you're, you're sick of it, ideally you want your attention to turn toward that feeling of, I'm sick of it, that rage, that anger, whatever that is, to feel that and then to feel how painful that is and to ideally meet that with that self-compassion and tenderness to let yourself feel that aversion because otherwise you experience the thoughts through that lens of aversion and you just keep wanting them to stop. And you know how it works, that what you resist persists. So that it's easy for me to say that, it's another to navigate that on our own, but we, tr- we truly want to because it is a natural sense experience to come into a, some kind of accepting relationship. But often that process of doing that is noticing how much we don't like it. Yeah, we have to actually. Yeah, yeah. We need a, a couple practice leaders for this morning if anybody's willing to earn karma points. Abby, thank you. Anyone else for the. That's the next sitting and then the 12 o'clock sitting. Thank you so much. So today we have scheduled uh, group meetings for all of you. And these meetings. Uh, are, in this case, optional. Uh, You are free to come if you would like some support, like to speak about your practice, hear others speak about their practice, but they are completely optional. Uh, But all of you have been scheduled, so check the bulletin board if you are interested uh, and willing uh, to come. And uh, I will be again in room number two, Deborah in room one, James in the council house, and Jane in the upper walking hall uh, during those, these, um, these walking periods. So you'll, those of you who've been using the upper walking hall for walking, well, for this, this morning we have the lower walking hall you can go to. Jane wants to say something. Just, uh, she's got it over here. A couple of you wrote me notes, and I responded to them. Um, So look on the Yogi Bulletin board. Yes, and uh, and and Jane, your your individuals are in the afternoon, right? So Jane's meeting the same time as we are. Somebody wrote me a note said there was a conflict with uh, her time slot and and the group, but Jane's having a group while I'm having a group. So just take a look at the times. And just anyone who's, um, who's written me a note who wants a response, I'm just a little behind, but I'm... And <laughs> you haven't done your homework, <laughs> Anyway, we have, a, we have our last full day of practice, so please uh, take advantage of uh, the fruits of all your efforts up to this point and just take delight in the nature of the mind and and just let it unfurl a little bit and just see everything, your steps and the scenery and everything and everyone as part of the space of your mind. And just to know that there is a slight change in the afternoon schedule and 
We want to make sure everyone is here at at least at the 40, 45 meeting where there are some logistical things for the end of the, the retreat. But uh, really enjoy your day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.